and welcome to your favorite part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast, Another Radar, with a weird show today. I'm joined, as always, by Ian Kahn. What's up, my friends? Derek Van Riper. Very nervous to find out what a weird show is going to be. Well, you saw the rundown, <laughs> friend. Yeah, I saw it. We're going to go over some tough choices today. I found some players who are kind of similar and who are near each other in ADP. And uh, who would you go with and why? Uh, not your typical guys, kind of funky weirdos. Uh, and then we have a section called Tougher Choices. These are some tough choices. Yeah, wait till the tougher choices. And we got your mailbag questions. Uh, so, you know, hit us up. Podcasts at theathletic.com. And uh, use subject line under the radar. Hey, DVR, i got a question for you before we start today. Okay. Uh, you know, my name is frequently misspelled, obviously. Uh, Fernando, mispronounced as well as Nando instead of Nando. Uh, Van Riper, I've noticed a lot of people put that space between the Van and the Riper, and I don't because you taught me, and I looked at your Twitter. Uh, does that bother you a lot <laughs> when you see the space? Is it annoying? No, I, I don't really care. <laughs> so of, he's, Ian, he's full of it read him he's full well of it, right no you know what you know what the the thing about the van with Derek Van Riper um, I always thought there was a space there until I guess about like three months ago when I think we discussed it on the show um, but if you notice he wants he he's always back in Van Meter in Cincinnati and I am convinced that it just subconsciously it has to do with the van of it all because you think there's a sub, you think there's a sub, or you think I, th- I think it's very consciously. I don't know. No, I think it's sub. Derek's not. Derek's not a. I'm gonna do it this way kind of guy because of that. But he's always like, yeah, Van, Van Van Meter really needs a chance. Like if Van Meter comes through, he'll 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 really show what he can do. And I just and I asked him that once, right, Derek? And what did you say? Oh, I just I think he's a good player. But yeah, we got to stick together. The Vans. I, yeah, I think that's Rick Vandenherk <laughs> too. You know, you got to look out for each other. What is a Van before name? Is that like from Riper? In some language? Good question. I think it's a Dutch name. I, I really haven't ever looked into it. All right. Interesting. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> hey, before, uh, before we get into a lot of the stuff, uh, how are you guys doing? Drafting? I'm in like the middle of four slow drafts right now, just seeing how you guys are doing. How are you holding up? Hot and heavy? Hot and heavy. Hot and heavy. I mean, I'm doing uh, the Dynasty League draft. I'm doing the Devil's Rejects draft. I'm doing TGFBI. And it's fun to get into TGFBI now. And Nando, we're both at the at the wheel, right? You're at the wheel? 15? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm also at the wheel. And it's fun because, you know, you do all these prospect drafts and you're like, you know, picking through names. And I just picked up, I forget who I got. I mean, you know, like Brian Abreu. And I'm like, hey, Abreu, this is exciting and a nice under the radar pick. And then like your next choice is whether you want to take uh, Trevor Bauer or Brandon Woodruff. And it's like, oh, all right, now we're really playing the game. And which way did you go? I, so I texted you guys, and I was like, we'll, we'll do it on the show. And I was like, no, no, I'm on the clock. And I was like, because it was 75, and I just decided, I was like, you know what? As much as Woodruff's, as much helium as he's got, because we started talking about him when he was like 140, and Derek was like, oh, Woodruff, he's going to be much better. And now he's up to like 79 on the, on the ADP. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go with Bauer and see he's a really big upside play, and I'm a little worried. Bauer is, doesn't get injured much, thankfully. And Woodruff just has had some injury issues. So I just went Bauer. I needed to take a picture. So I went with Bauer. I think Bauer, man. I'm, I'm a big Derek Johnson guy. Derek Johnson's like my new uh, Ray Searage. And I think that, that he's going to get his hands on on Bauer. And I know Bauer likes to do his own thing, but I think this is going to be like a, yeah, a yeah. very good thing for him. Yeah. Cincinnati. 
So I did. I went. I went. Uh, I went Bauer. How was nice. how your How was your draft gone? Where Where are you? Uh, I was actually just looking that up. I'm in the round. We're in round seven. We're at the start of round seven. Uh, so I think normal from what I've seen, like people posting their their first six picks. I guess we're in that area right now. Yeah, that's where I am as well. Um, and how did I don't you know? Go? I just got a nice compliment from a guy who follows me on Twitter from Billy Hayes. Saying my my draft, my draft looks normal so far. <laughs> I credit that to you, Ian. For well, pep talking me into not picking weird guys early. Just you get to you look the Nando Defino finds. It's why we started under the radar is because you find the guys before other guys find the guys. But wait to find wait to use the guys. I was curious whether you were going to take Judge at sixteen, and you didn't. No, I didn't. I uh, I think I went Vlad and Harper. I'm, I'm gonna. I don't want all my teams to look the same, so I'm kind of mixing it up a little bit. Vlad. I actually did get Bauer. No, I no, forgot. No. I got Bauer on my team. He's one of my pitchers. You didn't take Vladimir Guerrero at 15? Vlad and Harper, yeah. In the first round you took Vlad? No, no. No, I took, I'm sorry, my bad. I took Bueller and Harper, and then I took, I took Vlad and Paddock in the next come around. Nice. I was considering Vlad in that come around. I've gone, uh, I was at the wheel. I took Scherzer and Harper. Nice. Hey, look at that, man. We're on the same level. Hey, no. I, look, I, I'm a believer in Harper this year. I am. I know, and I know. I'm, I know. I've been calling him a knucklehead. I know. I said I didn't want him on the Yankees. I don't want him on the Yankees. But for a fantasy baseball, he's going to play 162 games. He could hit 45 home runs. He could hit 50 home runs this year. I think he's his second year in a in a, in a good park. Um, he'll be more comfortable this year, and he's going to have a chip on his shoulder because the team he just left just won the freaking World Series. So if he's ever going to be great, this is the year. Past years, Harper, you got to pay, you know, use the fourth pick, sixth pick, fifth pick. I'm reaching for him a little bit. Like he's probably living, but he wasn't going to come back to me at 45, and I wanted him. Yeah, that's how I'm looking at everything now. He's not going to come back to me in, you know, 100 picks when I do this again. DVR, uh, do you think that Ian is subconsciously liking Bryce Harper because of the Joe Girardi factor and he's a Yankees homer? It's an interesting way to think about it. He's um, right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead on. He thinks, thinks Girardi is going to remove some of the, the knuckleheadedness. From look, Bryce the knuckleheadedness. Harper. Look, Bryce Harper is a knucklehead. He continues to be a knucklehead um, until he proves otherwise. But he's also a very talented baseball player. And it's not a dynasty league. And I don't have to sign him to a 10-year, $300 million contract. I'm just taking him in TGFBI. I'm going to stick him in my, as my outfield number one. He'll be there all season. And I think he's going to, have, I think he's going to provide value this year. He could, he could be in the mix for MVP. I think a lot of those guys didn't like Gabe Kapler. I get the feeling like Jake Arrieta. Like some of that quote that we talked about last week. Where oh, someone's yeah. like, Al Eflin could just throw his fastballs. I, yeah. I think a lot of those guys, and maybe Bryce Harper's one of them, did not like the the Gabe Kapler analytics stuff and just wanted to play baseball and here's Joe Girardi who knows how to strike that balance and Girardi's a Girardi's a tough guy you know he's he he runs a tighter ship I think than most managers um, and he's got Didi there I, I just think the culture of the team is going to shift I think it's going to be better I think it's the the Phillies are going to be uh, I, I think Harper's going to have a good season I still I worry about their pitching I still worry about Zach Wheeler as their number two and Aaron Nola as their number one but I, yep, and then in three four at the next turn, I took Manny Machado and Chris Bryant. Similar idea that you know two years ago Machado was a top six pick, and he's in his second year in a new place, and he's coming off a bad season for him. So if he doesn't come back this year, that's who he is. You know, I took all the guys who made you know three hundred million. I just realized that. And then five six, I did Anthony Rizzo, which I was happy about at seventy four. Get your first baseman because you're in trouble if you don't. And uh, then Trevor Bauer. DVR, cool. how are you looking? Are you happy with your team? Yeah, I'm drafting from the fifth spot, and I can't recall ever 
building a team that I've played out from the fifth spot in a 15-team league before. So it's a little strange. Uh, but I went Betts in the first, Sale in the second, Baez in the third, Machado in the fourth, Rizzo in the fifth, Tommy oh. Pham in the sixth, and I just picked Aroldis Chapman as we were getting started to get oh. my first closer in the seventh. Was uh, Kirby Yates still on the on the board, or was was Chapman the guy you wanted? Yates went right before my sixth round pick when I took Fam, so I rolled the dice that Chapman would still be there, and figured there was something else I could do with starting pitching instead if someone took Chapman in those eight picks before my turn. So uh, I gambled and guessed right, I guess, in this case. And think of the the players I've drafted so far. The one that I'm most concerned about is just Tommy Pham from a health yeah, perspective because of his elbow. Too. Like he had the elbow injury at the end of last season. He's had some soreness in spring training. Uh, I'm a little worried about it, but I feel like in the sixth round, you know, it, it could just be a precautionary sort of thing to hold him out for a couple of days early in camp. Hopefully it's nothing serious. It, if he's healthy, he's way undervalued. Like I, he, he's undervalued in most drafts. So I think I got a little more than the usual discount uh, just because of this elbow injury. All right, let's do this. You ready? More of these tough choices coming. Uh, Ian, let me start with you. Here, here we got a list of, uh, I don't know, here we go again, man. What's J? Ten. <laughs> Ten tough choices. Uh, we go down to G for the tougher choices. We'll get to the, uh, the questions from the, uh, from the listeners shortly thereafter. Um, also, if you are listening, DVR has a code for you for 40% off a subscription to The Athletic. If, sorry, if you're listening on, uh, on iTunes or Spotify or somewhere free. We got really good content. I mean, our baseball, I think we already have 100 columns up, including rankings from Jake Seeley, the most accurate ranker in 2015 and 16. Eno Saris' top pitchers are up there. Michael Salfino's been on fire this week with some of the stuff he's been writing. Uh, today, he's targeting players with a 750 or plus OPS uh, who did not steal 10 bases last year, but who were in the 75th percentile of the StatCast speed rating. Uh, so basically, he's saying, you're going to get these guys who have good power and go target them because they're also super-duper fast and they haven't shown it yet in their stats, but they have on StatCast, so maybe they'll start stealing more bases. Ooh, it's pretty like cool. It. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. He's creative, man. That's what I like about his stuff. But uh, anyway, DVR, that code, uh, which I don't know. It's theathletic.com slash podcast for 40% off. 40% off. For 36 bucks, man. And you get everything, not just yeah. fantasy. It's good stuff, man. It's the best. It's the it's it's an unbelievable site, and you know we're for I'm fortunate. I consider myself fortunate to be a part of the group, to be part of the team. But you have the best writers in the game, best writers anywhere, and and it just keeps growing. They're like, you know, they're like the New York Yankees, circa two thousand, you know, two thousand when they were the best team, and they just kept adding talent. So it's impressive. Yeah, it works. Thanks, yeah. Ian. That was very that was heartfelt. Yeah, that's true. We'll get Easy. you on your faux humility jokes later. All right, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's coming. It's coming. All right, tough choices. Here we go. First tough choice, Vlad Jr. versus Eloy Jimenez. Their ADPs are actually very close to each other. Um, you know, it's, it's, it seems like there's kind of a back and forth about who's better, uh, and you can see it reflected in these ADPs. Um, Ian, let me start with you. If, you. if you're stuck with this choice right now and someone's like, hey, Vlad or Eloy, who do you take right now in this draft? Which way are you going? You know what? I, I'm gonna. Ha it's kind of strange because third base is deeper than outfield in a way. Maybe not. I don't know. It's it's a little confusing. But I would not take Eloy. So I I would have to go with Vlad Jr. I'm gonna say. Do you not Vlad like Jr. him? Or are you saying in this situation you wouldn't take him? Or do you not like? I don't. Him I don't like him at the. I don't. I, I don't want to pay that price for him at this time. That's that's what it comes down to. Like I I would rather pay up. You got to pay up for 
what you think might come as opposed to what has already been seen. And I think what might come for Vlad is more consistent. Uh, consistent or like superstar? You know, I don't know that either of them are going to be superstars. Somebody dropped a coin. I don't know. That no, that was my ring. <laughs> I was fidgeting with my wedding <laughs> ring. It just fell. <laughs> I don't know that either of them are going to be superstars this year, but if I had to bet on one of them being it, it would be Vlad. And what I'm finding in these drafts, actually, I keep saying that outfield, outfield, get your outfielders. But corner infield is also gets really light really quick. You know? I mean, yeah. It, it, it third base does get, it feels deep. But not when you're starting to fill that corner infield slot. So I, I'm going Vlad. Yeah. Uh, TVR, how about you? Are you uh, you lean one way passionately, or, or are you just kind of like whatever? They're really close, but I would take Vlad. I mean, I think the thing that stands out to me is no one hit a baseball harder than Vlad Jr. did last year. So young, came up and held his own, which used to mean a lot. I think because we've been spoiled by so many great rookies uh, upon debut, we've set the bar really high for the top end guys, but. I could see Vlad Jr. coming out hitting 290 or 300, 30-plus home runs with ease and driving in and scoring a lot of runs in what should be an improved Toronto lineup this year. So the edge to Vlad, but they're if you're tiering players like overall, I don't think it's egregious to, to put them together. Good word, egregious. Strong. Yeah, DVR. Strong. Uh, let me just wrap this up with this then. How about an over-under on Vlad's batting average this year? Uh, put a 305. Ian? Under. By a lot? I mean, you growled that under. Nah, I, I no, I just, I, the, when you said batting average, the first number that came into my head was 280. So when it was 305, it was, yeah, under, you know? All right. Uh, I get it. DVR? But OPS could be over nine. Yeah, I'm under 305, even though it's within the range of reasonable outcomes. I would bet the under expecting more, more like something like 290. All right. Let's go to a tougher choice. Uh, this is a, a not a great scenario, but you have to choose one. Uh, Dvar, <laughs> we'll start with you. You can only pick an even rounds in a 15-team roto league, and then you got to fill the rest of your team out with the free agents <laughs> to make up for those missing rounds. Or your first six rounds all have to be closers. Which way would you rather have your hands tied, Dvar? <laughs> uh, losing, losing the first, third, fifth, seventh, ninth. All those picks is it's a lot of lost picks. Six straight closers and then rallying back I and mean, overpaying for some closers. Wow, this is uh, this is tough. I, I think I would probably if I'm, if I'm allowed to make trades, I'm going to take the six best closers and try and deal them away. Everyone knows that you have six closers, so you're not going to get full value in trade. But I think you can do better making those picks than losing every other pick throughout an entire 15 team league. By the way, feel uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter if you want to share your answers with this. Right? Ian Khan 4, Derek yes. Van Riper, no space, Nando DeFino. Uh, Ian, which way would you go with this? Wow, I hate both of these. Um, I know. <laughs> That's the point. Wait, we got some what? good ones coming. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to say the six-round closers also, and then I'm going to keep the fifth and the sixth closer and trade one through four. So, And I actually go the other way from Derek on the idea that everyone knows that you have all the closers so the price goes down. No. No one else has good closers, so the price goes up. And maybe I wait a little while to to do it. And teams are, I mean, this is redraft. But, you know, what is Josh Hader worth to you? What is uh, Robert Asuna, you know, all of the top guys, what are they worth to you? And then uh, and then go from there. You're still, you know, you've got one hand tied behind your back, but it's definitely the better option. Let's pull back the curtain for a second. DVR, come on, man. You want to skip B? <laughs> Yeah, I think I do, actually. No. <laughs> Why? Because it's too hard of a choice? 
No, that's no. just too gross. It's just gross. I don't. I don't. I, I don't <laughs> it's not gross. I don't think we want to go down that path on this show. I think we're we're opening up something that, frankly, could get completely out of control in, in future episodes. <laughs> Once you go down that path, you can't go back. Tell you what I'll do. Let's make that one G. Uh, so if we if we run out of time, we won't get to it. Sounds but, good. Uh, this is like an outline guillotine combo now. Anti scatological Derek Van Riper. All right. Let's get back to the players. Uh, here's an interesting one that I, I, I struggle with. I don't even know how I'd answer this one. Uh, you have a choice between Mike Miner or James Paxton. Um, and if you, you know, Inside Injuries, I'm not, I promise this is not like plugging our site, but Inside Injuries had a, had a good mailbag on James Paxton, what to expect. And it's very scary if he comes back just a little bit too early. Uh, it was not a good prognosis. Um, I guess this comes down to do you believe in Mike Miner repeating this again uh, versus do you still get some kind of upside with James Paxton despite the injury, Ian? I would go with, uh, I, I don't think Mike Miner is going to be as good uh, as he was last year. But there's no guarantee that Paxton comes back in even June. So uh, I would probably, uh, here's what I would do. I would actually pass on a pitcher. But if I'm forced, you have to take a pitcher in this round because of blah, blah, blah. I would definitely take Mike Miner in this spot. Devo, how about you? Yeah, I've got Paxton, if they were both healthy, probably 20 spots ahead of Miner, yeah. but the injury and the timeline for that injury are enough where I would take Miner. I would avoid the headache of, of having to wait it out. In so many of my leagues, there are no IL spots, so I'm playing short on the bench for a few months, potentially, if I draft Paxton. So yeah, I'm comfortable enough with Miner where I, I would go ahead and take him over Paxton with that known injury. Here's what uh, Virginia Zakis from Inside Injuries said. Uh, and this is behind the, the paywall, but, you know, it's just a taste. Our algorithm is indicating that he shouldn't return until sometime around the All-Star break. If he does, he should be able to pitch okay the rest of the season, but he won't be 100% recovered. If he returns in May, I see him having ongoing issues. That could be with his back or related injuries such as an abdominal strain or arm problems. Creating enough torque in the pitching motion requires putting a lot of stress on the back. It's going to take more than a few months for him to be throwing as hard as he can while also getting enough movement on his pitches to be successful. And let me just buttress this by saying, like, inside injuries is right a lot. And they have this algorithm that's created by these doctors, and it's just, I don't know, it's smart stuff. Um, so that's scary to me. That's actually very scary to me that you're talking about a guy coming back at the All Star break who still might be kind of iffy. You know, and with, as a Yankee fan, right? Um, and with the news yesterday of Luis Severino out for the season. It was a you know, sort of a, it was like a, yeah, I kind of felt like that was coming, you know? It's like, you know, you got bad news coming, and like, oh, yeah, there it is. And so it wasn't a shock, and it wasn't the fact that Garrett Cole's on the team is very positive. But I just want to put in this little sidebar about Luis Severino. In TGFBI, it is going to make you set your set your clock, because one, I believe it was Eric Cross, fell asleep on the clock, did not have his cue set, and ended up with Luis Severino in the fifth round, which is unfair. I mean, it kind of is okay fair, but it's, uh, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough break. Um, but so it's a good thing for TGFBI, because it's going to keep everybody uh, aware and on the clock, which is good. You're right. Every team is going to have Severino. Like, so, I mean, every league is going to have that Severino team. Yeah. He's right at the who, top of the queue right now. Right. Who got who? Who? And you'll know who let the clock run out on you, uh, based yeah. on based on that. And in fact, it's like the somebody, red A on your chest. It is. It's like you're the guy who just let the clock run out and you didn't even set a queue. But Nando, didn't somebody reach out on Twitter? I saw it where they were saying they thought that it was someone in TGFBI is saying, I'm not going to take a player till the clock runs way down just in case the guy I want gets injured in the next two hours. Yeah. And someone yeah, that, said, is that Nan Nando DeFino? And I was like, no, no, Nando's not doing that. No, that's not my name. Right. No, but it, it was like, yeah, but who I know, is yeah. this? 
Is this Nando? Uh, No, no. And then uh, Mike Masato, who's one of the big uh, high stakes guys, was very angry about it. Said it was so wrong on so many levels that he's not even going to address it. Yeah, Chris uh, Chris Winder pointed it out on Twitter. Uh, Here's this guy's reasoning. I mean, he's he's not wrong, Ian, but you don't do this in the first round. I'm not drafting a player yet because I'd feel pretty stupid drafting a guy who breaks his hand in the third inning of a spring training game happening right now, especially when I've got four hours. Ridiculous. Promise Rude. I won't do this with my 28th round. <laughs> Screw. Uh, uh, players I know can who get it hurt is. all the time. They get hurt yeah. taking showers. They get hurt carrying luggage. They get hurt doing lots of other things that are not at the baseball field. Like you can't, you can't fight that by sitting on the clock forever. It doesn't You happen. may not. You're it's a the punk. smart thing to do, just it's not in not. this. It's Listen, a smart it's, thing to do if you put $500 into a draft. This is a free draft that's supposed to be for fun. Uh, I, I again, but that's like saying that's like saying that what you do does not have effect on those around you in life. And think about this: if every if it's the smart thing to do, right, and it's the way that people should move forward and do it, you're going to have. If this is the way, you'll then have 15 teams who are doing this, which means that you'll get six picks in a week, a six picks in a day. Well, that, that'll be the end of the four-hour draft then. Here it is. I got it, Ian. I, I have the tough choice. I have it. I, you're exactly <laughs> right. I've, I've solved it. Here's, here's the question. Would you rather have three owners in your league running the clock down with every single pick like this, not caring about anybody around them, or would you rather have someone reclining into your area on an airplane <laughs> for every plane ride you're on for the rest of your life? Rest your life, DVR, wow. man. Even I'm not that harsh with the tougher that's, ones. That's tough. Um, I, I actually, as as angry as angry as it makes me that someone would make a choice that I see as selfish, right? That's only good for them and not good for the other people in the room. Um, as bothered as I am by that choice by that person, and I hold them to account for it, like whoever this guy is. Yeah, if I meet him and I'm like, oh, and he goes, yo, I heard you talking about me on your show. I'll say, thank you for listening. Um, and you're wrong. <laughs> it's rude of you to do because you're just thinking of yourself. It's like saying, I want to get there sooner, so I'm going to go through this red light. No, no, no. There's a way that we do things in a society. And when people start making choices that are best for themselves, look at what it's the same. Oh, See what it did? Come on, man. I can't say poop, but he can say. <laughs> it's the same crap that the Houston Astros did. They made a choice that was better for them and for their team, not thinking about what it does to the league, to baseball, to everyone else. They're just thinking about themselves. That makes you a selfish piece of crap as far as I'm concerned. So when I meet him, I'll say to this gentleman, I'll say, thank you very much. And I'm sure in your life, you're wonderful. You're very kind to your wife, lovely to your children. In this particular aspect of your choice, I am fully against what you're doing. That being said, Somehow I've gotten to the point, it used to be when I started playing NFBC for the four-hour drafts, I would really get bothered by the clock running down. And now I just, I, you know, I'm learning as I get older, there's certain things in life that you have some control over. There's certain things in life you don't. So this is just something you don't have any control over. And if it's, you know, I'll just go look at one of my other leagues and wait until I'm on the I'm on deck and then I'll start looking again. And then I'll go, oh, all right. Oh, wow. That guy took a long time. Oh, well, that you know what I mean? But, but, but that's not if it's the same guy doing it because he's trying to gain an advantage on me, punk ass. You're trying to gain an advantage on me by being, being disrespectful? Go duck yourself. Go it's, duck yourself. How about that? 
That's my feeling. It's still not as bad as reclining a coach yeah, yeah, airplane yeah. I'll, seat I'll on take, someone. Which, I'll take three guys. So I'll answer your question. I'll take the three guys uh, in the draft room because I really don't like when people back. It actually became like a thing. I, I really don't like that. That really bothers me. It turned into like this big internet fight and the, the real culprit, of course, are the airlines that design cabins this way. Like you, Theoretically, yes, you should be able to recline your seat. It screws the person behind you. You and I are getting on planes this week because we're going down to Florida for labor. And no Nando this year. Not going down. I wasn't invited. But but we're getting on the plane going down. And I'm, I will report next week what my uh, reclining situation will be. <laughs> because it does have an effect. I never In recline my chair. I am. And I never, I never recline my chair. Ever. Never. Unless there's nobody behind me, then I'll recline. Or I'll turn around, like if it's like a midnight flight, if I'm on a red eye and I'll turn around and say, would it be okay if you fall asleep if I recline my seat? Would that be all right? And they're like, oh, sure. That little bit of consideration, that little bit of courtesy in life. Use it. I can't talk on planes. My ears get plugged. It sounds weird. <laughs> when, I'm asking, when I come by and ask me what I want to drink, I always, anyway. <laughs> on to another player couple. <laughs> uh, since DVR has banned... Uh, Question B on the tougher choices. You know, there are fewer anyway. Let's do a couple more players. We'll jump to a question. We'll come back to some tougher choices. Herman Marquez or Joe Musgrove? DVR, which way are you going to go on this one? <sighs> I don't want to subject myself to having to deal with Marquez's home starts because I'll try to sit him too often and I'll miss out on good starts. And I just don't like rostering a pitcher I can't use at home in mixed leagues. I just don't want that. So... I think if I had to just leave him in and not make lineup decisions, Marquez is the more valuable pitcher. But if, I, if I'm looking at how I'm actually going to play it or I'm going to be operating each week and looking at matchups, I should draft Musgrove in that spot, as the, even as the lower-ranked player, because I think I can use him more effectively than I can use Marquez. Ian, the, the thing with Marquez, uh, the home road splits, I mean, they weren't they were stark, but they weren't horrible in 2018 when everyone was sweating Marquez going into the 2019 season last year. Uh, 4.74 ERA, well, 1.47 whip is not pretty. But he still had an 11.1K per nine. Um, I mean, when it all balances out, at least in 2018, the full line looked okay. It was 3.77 ERA. And even last year after his horrible start, still had a 4.76 ERA. Um, the whip is low, no matter what. The whip's about 1.20 in both years. Uh, his K per nine went down a little bit last year. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, the wild pitches, he led the league in wild pitches. Maybe that's a result of him trying to figure out what to do at home. But uh, actually, I'm going to look at that split when we answer this question, um, where all of his wild pitches came. But, uh, is I mean, is this is this always set him on the bench away from home? And what's your answer? Uh, he, you know, I, I agree with Derek, but I actually disagree on the reasoning. Um, Marquez would always sit at home, pretty much always, maybe the Marlins. You can play him. Maybe if the Tigers are doing, you know, if the Tigers are playing in their league. Um, I would always pitch him on the road. But I would still go with Musgrove. And the, the reason is just because it's a, it's not Coors. I mean, that's just why. And I've been burned by by Marquez before. So uh, it's, it's not. I, I mean, I can keep Marquez right now for $1 in a league that I do with Derek. And I don't think I'm going to keep him. So Really? Yeah, I don't think I will. I mean, you can only keep 15 guys. So I have other guys like, do I want a Kino for six? 
or and by the way, on that Hector Neris, I picked up for zero dollars. Derek, Derek's the commissioner, and he's got a two dollar salary, which I think is inappropriate. I don't understand that, so we got to figure that out. There are no but, zero dollar pickups in that league. Well, <laughs> that had to be some kind of correction or something. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I remember now because oh, okay, okay, all right, that's fine. Two dollars is fine. Um, but but uh, German Marquez for a buck, I, I think I'm going to let him go. It's Hermann, actually. Yeah. Oh, I prefer when Derek <laughs> corrects. He would have yeah. just said, he just would have said, well, Herman Marquez. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, he's right. Herman. Yes. Herman Marquez. I'm going with Joe Musgrove. Man, last year I was totally against how high Marquez got in ADP. Uh, and he was getting way too high. I think he was scratching the hundreds. Um, this year, I actually think right around he's 170 ish. I, I like him. I like the strikeouts. I think I could balance out that ERA and whip. Uh, well, his whip's actually very good. I can balance out his ERA. Um, I'm a fan this year for where he is, and I'm probably going to end up inadvertently owning a ton of Marquez stock because of that. Musgrove not too many. Boring. Don't reach. Don't I reach. Might, it's not reaching. That's the thing. It's not reaching anymore. He's so low, and his value is so depressed that uh, I, he's a deal at this point. If everyone was sweating him so hard last year and they loved him, and all of a sudden they're turning their backs, this is you know this is Ian. You should be up in arms about this about how okay. people sweat these guys. Last year, or you know, the year, and then the next year, they just totally forget and think that he sucks. Like, stick to your ideals, man. If you loved Marquez and you were back in Marquez, or if you loved, I don't know, whomever, and he bombed last year and you just abandoned the guy, like, you know, stick, stick around, man. Like, I'm sticking around to Lewis Brinson. He sucked last year, but you know what? Everything I said last year is still true this year. This is my problem with Marquez and the fantasy uh, industry in general. Well, yeah, yeah. Player analysis. It's not zero and one, right, Ian? I mean, a player is not either bad or good and nothing in between. Yeah, it just turned into it, it turned into a hot potato last year, right? I mean, Herman Marquez was... Uh, Herman. Herman. <laughs> ah, I'll get it. Herman Marquez was... Uh, he, he was a real flashpoint. I mean, it turned into like screaming fights and stuff. It was like the Tati situation. And look, he's right now going at 184. Nando, if you're grabbing him as your SP5 on a team, yeah, all right. I mean, and maybe maybe he does. He's not going to figure it out. I mean, you can't beat Coors. I just, I, I don't know. The only guy who I'm definitely starting at Coors is Max Scherzer. Even Clayton Kershaw I could consider sitting. At least that's right. where I'm coming from. Jacob deGrom I would start. But like, you need to be that level of elite to get away with playing in that. You know, I, I hung out in Colorado last year. I had a political event that I went out to, and I was like, just walking around. I was like, it just feels different here. It's just because you know why? Because it's a mile high. What's that? <laughs> Did you just set yourself up for that line? That no, count. I didn't. It just it just showed. No, I just showed up. I went. I didn't know I was going to yeah. go to Colorado. It's a mile high in every way, apparently. All right, tougher choice. Derek Van Riper. All of your pitchers have to be lefties. Or all of your batters have to be lefties. That's the only way you can draft, one way or another. Your pitchers are all lefties, or your batters are all lefties. I think I'd rather have all lefty pitchers. And a few years ago, it may have been hard to find enough saves, but there's enough closers now from the left side. Hater, uh-huh. Chapman, Hand, Taylor, Taylor Rogers. Rogers. Like there's, there's some, yeah, there are some options. Will Smith might get saves. Like, I feel no. good there. There's plenty of starters that are left-handed, so no concern there. I think the downside of having all lefty bats would be a lot of those guys can be platooned, especially in the middle and late rounds. Yeah. So you right, just so. lose playing time. And I feel you like shut up now. The starters You're just taking all of my answers. You're just taking everything I was going to say. Ugh, terrible DVR. 
Sorry. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible joke. Horrible. No, he 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 nailed that. Everything is right. Everything you said was perfect. The lefties are going to get platooned. Here's a guy that we've been talking about on this show that I feel like is starting to show it, which is Drew Smiley. I know it's spring training, but he's throwing 94-95. He's going to be in that rotation in that nice ballpark. I would definitely go all lefties. I find that I am drawn to left, left-handed pitchers, really, continuously. Um, those are the guys that I, I was like. I mean, I was trying. I was praying that Kershaw would fall to me at 45. He did not. He went at 42. And then Altuve went at 44. And it was it was like, really? All right. Um, but I would definitely go lefty pitchers if I had if that was the choice without question. Uh, let's run it on the mailbag. DVR, you want to, you want to, you know, I'll let you pick it and I'll let you read it because people uh, like hearing your dulcet tones. All right. And your dulcet I'll tones. I'll choose. There's two questions well, you know, to choose I, from. I'm going to take a drink of water real quick. (laughs) All right, I got you. This first one comes from Jonathan. He writes, I've just joined the Athletics Fantasy Baseball Championship. I've been playing fantasy baseball for a while now, but I've never done a snake draft or a points league. I always play in an auction and head-to-head categories league. Is there anything I really need to change when it comes to strategy going into the draft? By the way, we filled that up. That Athletic Fantasy Baseball Championship... 101 leagues. Nice. 1,010 people signed up Whoa. for it. Yeah. Whoa. We had to shut it down. Yikes. I thought it was going to be like 250. We got over 1,000. Good. And Greg, Greg from NFBC is like, hey, we got <laughs> we to shut this down, man. Like, all right, <laughs> we can stop it here. Cool. No problem. That's awesome. So what, what do you guys do differently, though, in a, in a points league? I mean, a snake draft versus an auction, that's a totally different animal and probably a question we can't completely answer on the pod, but... The points thing, I think it's weird because it it rounds off the player pool in ways where there are certain guys that you chase in roto leagues, generally speed guys, that are just a lot less valuable in most point systems, right? I mean, point systems usually reward walks. Sometimes they punish hitter strikeouts. And you you might score two runs, and that equals one stolen base. So how you get those points doesn't matter as much. So you're really just boiling everything down to one number for hitters and one number for pitchers. I don't like points leagues. I'm excited about the cut line, but I don't like points leagues. I don't like points leagues either though. In tout wars, that's, that is the league that I was in last year and it, and I'm going to be in again this year. And it was fun. It was fun because it's a little bit, it, it brings every week, a uh, certain amount of excitement, I think similar to what I used to feel when I used to play fantasy football, where it's like, it's Sunday and oh my God, this guy, you know, so that's kind of fun. I like that part of it. Uh, but uh, otherwise, what I look at is OPS and strikeout rate for me. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at uh, OBP and slugger, uh, slugging rate, and I'm looking at strikeouts. So someone like Javier Baez, you got to drop a little bit, but it's also true. I think points leagues should account for speed now. I think stolen bases should be the cut line scoring doesn't take into account the usual crap. Like they don't take away for strikeouts and they don't award doubles. Yeah. It's, they just yeah. assign points to roto scoring. And, and it is closer to roto values than just about any other points. Like it was designed that way. But I think where I, where I would really try to emphasize my point is don't, don't necessarily look at Adalberto Mondesi in the third round as a, a guy that makes a lot of sense in cut line compared to, you know, whereas NFBC overall ADP is. You know, because you're not chasing steals the same right. way, right? Like, right. don't don't accept a flawed player who does at least one thing exceptionally well because you need that category because you no longer need that category. You can get that production from other 
players who might be a lot more stable with their production. I like. I like it. But I do like this. So I can't believe a guy has only done auctions. Like you yeah, it's impressive. Draft is a gateway drug to the auction. <laughs> gateway drug. Mile high. Um, there you yes. go. Hashtag uh, mile high. There you go. Okay, very good. There we go. Yeah. We have our secret word of the week. It is mile high. <laughs> um, snake draft is, it's not as fun as an auction. I mean, it just isn't. But, you know, you know what I would recommend? If you're new to a snake draft and you have the choice, go in the middle of the round. Don't take the ends. Just, you know, pick so that you get, if it's a 15-team league, you get to have a pick. If you get the eighth pick, you get a pick every 15. There's, there's value to that and wisdom to that. Yeah, you could all, I mean, we have strategy articles on the site. And I, I hate being the guy who keeps plugging the site, but they're there. Because every, like, you can't just say, here's your strategy for snake draft. You got to say, yeah, here's your, here's your strategy for when you pick fourth. And here's your strategy for when you pick 12th. And here's when you pick fifth. Like, they're all going to be a little different. Also, work your queue. Like, the queue is the most important thing in the world in snake drafts. Because you can move those, just put the guys you like in a little box, take the time to do it, take an hour, do it. And then you can move guys up and down based on what you need. But it's always nice to have those players you like right there. Draft night, auction night, that's like, in fantasy baseball, that's the most fun you can have in some ways. I mean, obviously, the game is fun too. But draft picking your team, picking the guys you want, it's awesome. Also, I would recommend that. Like, don't reach too much, please. But if you got a guy you want on your team, go get your guy. Have fun with it. If you want Aaron Judge, that's why I was surprised Nando didn't take Aaron Judge at 16. I'm sort of glad he didn't. I'm proud of you, Nando. But if wow. you want a guy that you think is going to be that guy. I've got a guy, and I'm not going to tell who it is now, but in, in TGFBI, because in case the clock goes slow and I don't I don't pick for another 10 picks, I'm going to take a guy who's like 40 picks away. Why don't you just say it and Derek will beep it out? Like when you no. swore. Right. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'll tell you next week. I will remember. And I'll, I'll let you know if somebody is jumping. Like last year, I did that with Tyler Glass. Now I was picking him 50 spots ahead. And then he hurt his arm. But... He was he was a guy who I thought well, the stuff was ridiculous, you know. So if you got somebody who you think the stuff is ridiculous, go get him. Don't wait because you might have an Ian Khan in your league without knowing it, who's going to do that anyway, and you're going to yep. lose the guy. I'm a t- I'm taking your guy actually. Right, Listen, right. I'm taking your guy, so go get him. There you go. So our advice to you is uh, imagine that there's a, a Ian Khan in your league and uh, play afraid. <laughs> Back no, to tough choices. <laughs> Which, by the way, we haven't had these. Haven't been tough choices, and I apologize for that. I thought like you guys have been unanimous on this, but maybe Jake Arrieta versus Kyle Gibson. I bet you a Spark. dollar will be the same. You bet you a dollar. Say Arrieta? Definitely not for me. So maybe not. Um, I am one hundred percent on the Kyle Gibson side of this. Uh, Jake Arietta is uh, maybe he comes back a little bit. I like Gibson in Texas. Um, I'm I'm going with Kyle Gibson. DVR. <sighs> I've been flashbacks to the old step right uh, up from last yeah. season. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it shows how far Arietta has fallen and how high Lance Lynn is. Well, yeah, and now Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson are teammates, so there's still like a six degrees of separation where they're only like two connections away now. It's it's wild. Um, here's the thing with, with Arietta. I think what he did last year was kind of amplified in the wrong way because he was pitching hurt. But I'm also not confident that he still has the same skills that we saw even in 2017. The K rate's been down under 20% for 
for each of his two seasons in Philadelphia. So I think it was skills loss and injury. So bouncing back skills wise, I don't know if he gets any better than 2018. I like what the Rangers have been doing with starting pitching. I've talked about that on the show before. So I think I'm probably more likely to throw the dart on Gibson. And, you know, if those are my only two choices, yeah, Gibson, but I'm probably going to option C, whoever that happens to be uh, at that time. There's no option C. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm choosing Gibson I know. in the either or, but I, I would really try to not lean too heavily on him. All right, also. option C is uh, Herman Marquez. I'll take Marquez. Okay, all right, now we got a game. <laughs> <laughs> that Well, you didn't even hesitate. Okay, all right, that's fun. I'll take um, Musgrove. Uh, well, Musgrove, <laughs> option D then. Anyone else? Would you like me to throw seven more players in? No, we're good. We're, we're rolling. I'm going to stop blowing up the outline now. We're going to go a little higher. We're going to go on the radar for this one. I want to Tyler Glass now versus Syndergaard. And the Ooh, reason I bring this up, yeah. Yeah. I'm being torn by that. Tyler Glass now had some arm issues last year. Kind of yes. similar, not exactly the same, but kind of similar to Luis Severino. So the timing is interesting, uh, for me at least, because you know you, you kind of have that worry in the back of your head. And you're like, no, no, this doesn't happen. You know, uh, Tanaka's been pitching with a UCL tear forever. And then, you, you know, just a little bit, you start to, maybe the, I'm going to just value this like at a, at a, six instead of a three where I had it before and for me that pushes Syndergaard over the top but uh Ian I don't know man like you you and I it seems like we love Tyler Glass now we loved him last year uh yes how are you how are you going to approach this Syndergaard this versus is Glass very now? I, this is my favorite so far I love this so good I was just warming um, you guys up <laughs> Syndergaard and DVR wouldn't let us do the poop one so that would have probably been your favorite yeah no um Syndergaard <laughs> is Syndergaard is my choice in this spot. And I know that sounds strange because of my Tyler Glassnow love, but Syndergaard has had some injury issues. Glassnow is a little bit more of a glass jaw. See what I did there. But Syndergaard, I think this year, it's like now or never. It's kind of like Machado and, and Harper. He, I, I considered taking him at 45. Um, and then I was like, maybe he falls. And I didn't think he would. And then he went all the way to 72. I was like, oh my God, he might have fallen. Like it was so close. I, I, I'm taking Syndergaard, but it's uh, it, that's that's yummy. I would love to have both of these pitchers, both. You can make that happen in an auction, but unfortunately, right here, you got to make a choice. Uh, I will go with Noah Syndergaard, and in the auction, Glenn, I'm paying for both. <laughs> DVR. <laughs> I'm also on Syndergaard here. I love Glass now. I think he could win a Cy Young. I think he has that type of ceiling. Uh, with Syndergaard, the ratios are probably about as bad as they can get as long as he's healthy. And because Glasnow's arm injury isn't that far behind him in the rearview mirror, that does separate these two guys for me. So if you guaranteed me health, sure. I, I think skills-wise, Glasnow can even do more. But I'm worried enough about the health of Glasnow. I'm definitely taking Syndergaard. In that and spot. also, if I can just jump back in, as, if you can also guarantee me that the other team isn't going to cheat and know which one of the pitches Tyler Glasnow is going to throw like the Astros did in 2019, if you can promise me that they don't have a buzzer under their jersey because they're cheaters, as they proved in 2017, never got caught for it, continued in 2018, and then in 2019 in the playoffs when everyone couldn't understand why Tyler Glasnow was getting hit by the cheating Astros... If you can promise me that they're going to play by the rules of the game as opposed to cheating in the game the way they did in 2019 until you prove otherwise. Not, well, there's no proof that they did it. Screw you. There's proof that they did do it in 2017. There's every indication they would have done it in 2018 and 2019. So Tyler Glass now, as long as we can, as long as we can be sure that the other team isn't going to be a bunch of cheating punks, like Brian McCann cheating punk, as long as we can promise that, 
Glasnow should be great. Was that your rant from last week? Do you want to keep going? No, that's good. It's like the universe didn't want you to do it last week. I forgot what happened. Oh, yeah, right. The, the Every time you out. started, it went out. It, yeah. must have been, it, it must have been funny. Like, you were alone, just like <laughs> ranting, thinking it's being recorded. Now, these guys must love it. They're not saying anything. <laughs> They're letting me go. They're letting me go. Yeah, no, and then and somebody somebody on Twitter asked, like, hey, what happened to Ian's rant? And one of you guys was like, don't worry, I'm sure it'll come back. It will come back because the Astros are, should be ashamed of themselves. Freaking children. Selfish children is what they are. Freaking children. Brian McCann. Brian McCann. I'm standing up for the way baseball should be played. I'm going to call you out for the way you run around the bases because this is the way the game should be played. A cheating punk. Punk. Let me ask you this, Ian. Uh, if one of your friends revealed one of these two things, which one would you be more disappointed in? A, he thinks it's a good idea to let clocks run down for four hours because you can <laughs> catch some injuries and then react accordingly. Yeah. Or B, he believes the Astros didn't cheat in 2018 and 2019. Which one would you lose more respect for? Uh, you know, it, uh, this is my opinion. It's, a, it's an opinion show that we're on. I am free to say as I wish. If other people want to take the perspective that 2018 and 2019, nothing was proven by that, I can't argue that at all. So I would, you know, it's like political differences where you look at somebody and say, all right, you you have a difference of opinion. I respect you. I respect that you have that opinion and I'm going to move on from it. In 2018 and 2019, I'm just saying what I think. I'm just saying that when Jose Altuve is rounding the bases, holding his shirt instead of jumping around because he just brought his team to the World Series that and then runs into the dugout to change his clothes... That stinks to high I a, heaven. I got a theory about the buzzers that DVR probably won't let me say on this show. I think you should be able to talk about that. I, I, I'm behind <laughs> I don't that. I think so, man. I really, I'm okay with that. <laughs> we should save I, it for the group chats. I, no, I, we, you put it in the group. Derek, do you mind if he puts this out there? Because I actually think he's right. I think we probably don't want to go down that road either. I'm just, I'm just uh, thinking about the long-term Chibata, health baby. and well-being of this podcast. I, I don't think we want to go down that path. Chibata, you got okay. to live dangerously, man. All right, let's keep moving. Sunny Gray versus Mike Soroka. I thought this was a pretty interesting one because it's kind of like, do you believe in Sunny Gray? You know, which Sunny Gray is the real Sunny Gray? Did the Reds fix him? Was he right about the Yankees? I let him throw sliders or ever get throwing too many sliders? Versus Mike Soroka, who was kind of a hot-button issue for a lot of people. I, I, surprisingly to me, I thought. Uh, DVR, let's start with you, man. If you got to choose Sonny Gray versus Mike Soroka, which way are you going? I'd go Sonny Gray. I think the adjustments the Reds made with him are real. I mean, I know home runs could be an issue in that park. They really weren't last year, especially in the year of the rabbit ball. It's kind of surprising to see where that number came out. 0.87 homers per nine, but the strikeout rate was a career best last year. I think this is an organization, as we talked about earlier, with Derek Johnson as the pitching coach, with the driveline influence. They get it when it comes to pitching. I think my main concern with Soroka, even though I've got him ranked in the same tier, I'm just not sure we're ever going to get those strikeouts. But that is something we used to say about Sonny Gray when he broke into the league. Go back to his 2014, 2015, 2016 seasons. He was a low K-rate guy for a long time and eventually added something to the arsenal and became the strikeout pitcher that he is now. So it's possible that it happens for Soroka because he's so young, but I do like Sonny Gray better. Ian Khan? I'm thrilled because we're in disagreement finally. Um, All right. All I'm right. about to... I'm about to drop a name, so I got to at least admit that I'm about to drop a name. When I was lucky enough to do that MLB Network, I got to spend the day with John Hart, who is still working in, I think, in some capacity with the Braves. And I asked him about Soroka, and he said, this kid just knows how to pitch. 
He's special. And I said, is he like Greg Maddox? He goes, ah, I wouldn't go that far, but he is special. He's young. He's going to get better. He's going to grow. He's somebody that, Ian, I really like a lot. And I'm a, I watch Sonny Gray pitch. I just, I've never liked Sonny Gray. Even even back when he first came up, I just thought he's short. He's a little little guy. He always had that scared look in his face. He's like, oh, I hope this goes well. I don't like that for a pitcher. So I would go with uh, Mike Soroka. <laughs> That's really how you read his face? Well, here, I'll give you an example. David Robertson, a couple of years ago, he took over for... Uh, for Mariano, right? Remember, 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 Nando, we were yeah, watching. Yeah. David Robertson was the first year, and then they got Chapman, I think, the next year. But Robertson had one solid year where he was sort of like vice president and got to be president. Like he, he was the setup guy, and they finally got to be closer. And he's great. I mean, back in the day when David Robertson was a setup guy, he was fantastic. He threw hard, but he also had that ridiculous like length. So, like, you know, he was only throwing from 55 feet as opposed to 58 feet, which made a huge difference. Every time he closed the game, if you go back and look, he would take this huge out exhale. He would go, and I'm like, you do not have the heart of a closer, man. You gotta be, you gotta be like, not oh God through it, gosh. You gotta be like, yeah, here we go, here we go. And for me, Sonny Gray, he always just, you know, I coached little league. I just had my little league draft last night. You know, great fun. And you, what you wanted, you want kids who were out there who were like, hey, let's get, let's get to this. Let's have some fun. And Sonny Gray just always looks like the kid who's like, is dad going to yell? Interesting. I, you know what? I guess I don't watch him enough to, <laughs> to see that. <laughs> okay. This is why Ian Khan is so good on the show. Because you're not going to get that analysis from anywhere else. Well, uh, tougher go. choice. Uh, I'm going to skip down to the bottom. Ian, I'll start with you. Okay. Uh, every time you grocery shop... Every single item on your list is the same as a woman who's slightly ahead of you in the store <laughs> who keeps eyeing you suspiciously every time you reach for the same item as her in all the aisles. Or you start every auction with 15% less money than everybody else. I'll take less money. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, yeah. that did not take long. Yep. <laughs> snap, snap response take, for me. I'll take less money. I don't want to creep people I out. I, yeah, I, nah. I never want anyone to think I'm creepy. That's, that's yep. a horrible vibe to get Every off. single time on but my list. But it's totally innocent. Totally no, innocent. It doesn't matter. I, it's I, still, I, yeah. No, make no. somebody. I don't want to make somebody uncomfortable. I'd rather put fifteen dollars, you know, whatever it is, uh, thirty, forty dollars off my thing. I'll figure it out. I believe in it's myself. A, I thought there might have been a little more fight to that one. No, no. I'll take a close. I don't want to make people uncomfortable. This yeah, was inspired I'm, by my trip to the grocery store yesterday. <laughs> where, <laughs> where you know what? You go every you aisle. Nothing. I didn't do anything. It's like every aisle. I'm like, oh, pasta, and there's the woman standing there getting the pasta. I'm like, okay, and I'm complete, like I just like with my left hand with my wedding ring. I'm like, okay, I'm getting this pasta, and then going to the next aisle. I go to the next aisle. Same thing. Applesauce. Like, oh my god. Oh, see. Okay. So if you if you notice yeah. that's happening, I think what you have you to gotta do go you have around to go the block with go to the opposite. That's what side. I did. Yeah, so I went all the way to dairy. I'm like, let me get the milk, and then I'll come back around, and we won't yeah, be on the same like that. pattern. Yeah. It was not. This is why you have Nando Defino on this podcast. Why we're so yeah. because you're only going to get laughs like that. Actually, we there was one letter. The letter that it talks about how a guy is a, such a fan of yours and how once you said something to Adam Azer that made him have to pull off to the side of the road because he was laughing so hard. <laughs> Adam Azer was easy. I saw him a couple weeks ago. He took us to a terrible lunch place. <laughs> we got the kids together. <laughs> it was great. I got some stuff I could tell you that yeah, DVR would not allow on the show. Yeah. All right. Let's, all right. Let's go back to under the radar uh, with a player pair that I find interesting. Miguel Cabrera 
and Eric Thames. Uh, DVR, I want you to go first because I know I mispronounced Thames. So, uh, that was great. Who'd you? Oh, that was good. Yeah. yeah. Tim. Eric Tim. <laughs> that's Marcus. Uh, that's the, the, yeah, that's the old Tigers player, old Yankee, right? Yeah, this, I have a good story about Marcus Timms. Don't get me started. It's a really good story, though, but nah, it's not the time. <laughs> oh, really? Well, so we, well let's, let's let DVR give his answer, and then if you'd like to weave it into your answer somehow, feel free, please. Okay, okay. I can. I, I think I can do it fast. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. Uh, DVR, who do you... I mean, Miguel Cabrera still kind of has it versus uh, Thames, who's kind of, you know, who knows what kind of playing time he's going to get. All right, so here's my logic on this one. I was kind of curious if Ian's going to disagree. I actually want Miggy here because he's not going to platoon Thames is the kind of player I like him. He's clearly got a few guys that are, are right-handed platoon options for him who are going to take away playing time. So in weekly leagues, there's going to be some situations where you have to play somebody else. I don't want to roster someone like that permanently. I think there's at least a chance that there's still something left with Miguel Cabrera. He still hits the ball pretty hard. Uh, the volume of playing time could be a lot higher. That's the difference for me. But Again, they're, this, these are all good because they're, they're reasonably close in my rankings. I just I could see Cabrera scoring more runs and driving in more runs simply because he gets more playing time. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Miggy. Not by so much. I mean, he's still, even though he's in better shape, who knows? Uh, but I'll go Cabrera, and I like your for the same for the same reason. So, Marcus Timms, I'm at Yankee Stadium. It's 2010. Um, I'm with my younger brother. We're at the game. We're playing the Red Sox. It's like August. It, it, it's an exciting game. It's the Yankees Red Sox, and we're down by two runs. We're walking around the fifth inning. And we go into Steiner Sports and we see a bag, Andy Pettit's like bag from the year before the 2009 season. And it's like 500 bucks. And you, it was like Andy Pettit's like equipment bag. And it was like, I was like, wow, look at that. And Paul's like, no, come on, man. We're not Andy Pettit. Who cares? And then the next one is Mariano Rivera's bag. I was like, this is Mariano Rivera's bag. And I don't usually do this, but I was like, and the, the guy's like, yeah, it's Mariano's bag. And here's the sign. And, you know, it's it's all verified. This is what he used for the whole season, the world championship season. So I turned to Paul. I was like, we got to we gotta split this. We gotta, we're brothers. We got to split this back. And he's like, no, we're not spending $800 on a freaking bag. Like, you just had a kid. I just had a kid. We can't do that. And I was like, yeah, we okay, fine, fine, fine. Because I don't want to, I'm not going to spend $800 at the time on my own on the bag. So we're going out there. And the Yankees are down two runs, first and second, two outs. Marcus Timms comes up. I turn to my brother. I say, listen, how about this? If Marcus Timms hits a home run and we get a walk-off uh, win, then we go buy the bag. And he looks at me. He says, if Marcus Timms hits a home run right here, a walk-off win, we buy the bag? I said, yeah. He goes, sure. If Marcus Timms hits a home run, we go buy the bag. Next pitch, Marcus Timms hits a home run. We go back and we buy the bag. And who has it? Like, where's the okay. epilogue? Did here? you cut it in half? Yeah. <laughs> no. What is it? King Solomon and the baby? What's the matter with you? What are you nuts? How do you Here? share a bag with another? Here's how you share a bag. With. Well, he's my brother. First of all, he's my brother. So you know, I mean, we can, we could. The plan was that we would split it like six months and six months. Um, but this is what happened. His wife got pissed. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll give you this. And then I did some TV show where I got the suit that was like a really nice suit. And I said, do you want the suit? And he was like, how much is the suit? I was like, I think it's a really nice suit. And he like tried on the suit. He was like, yeah, I like this suit. I was like, so this suit would probably cost you about $800. And he's like, all right, you keep the bag. I'll keep the suit. And his wife was like, no, you can keep the bag. And he was, she was, she's sweet. And she was like, you can keep the bag. It'll be fine. And then Paul's like, no, no, I kind of want the suit. I was just buying the bag for Ian because he didn't want to do it. So I have the bag. That's, That's cool. the Marcus Tim story. That's a good is it story. A place of honor or anything? Or? Uh, it was in a place of honor, and now it's kind of an equipment bag. 
Oh, come on. No, no, no. It, well, it, it's cool. Wait, I used it I used it for all of my softball games in Central Park. I played fast pitch softball in Central Park, and I used to use it. And then I would get nervous, like somebody could steal this bag. So I sort of just kept it. Now I just keep it in a good spot. It holds equipment. I'm surprised it's not in some like frame box. Yeah, I was thinking a shadow case. box case. Nah, thing on the nah, wall. nah. It's and just like, cool. after all that yeah. and a magical moment. You're like, oh, I'm bringing this to Central Park for my rec league softball game. It's not rec, man. These are serious guys. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I could beat you into that. <laughs> this ain't some rec crap. This is like fast pitch, like ball players. We're playing some ball, yo. Ian, uh, what kind of softball player are you? You home run hitter? No, um, I well, I was a pretty good baseball player in high school. I was uh, all Manhattan Bronx first team. I hit 600 my junior year in high school, 600 my senior year in high school, and then I hit 450 my freshman year in college. Had arm trouble and then just went into acting. But then I kind of ignored baseball for years because I was so sad that I couldn't play. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. And the Yankees are terrible. It was like the early 90s. And then uh, got back into it and started and then I got invited I did a commercial like in 1996 with this guy I did a commercial and he's like a legendary softball player and he played like my boss on a commercial and he was like you know I, this softball league are you good I was like yeah I'm okay I'm pretty good and so he invited me out he's like no you're really good you can play in this league so I've been sort of as when I'm in New York I play in these leagues that's cool yeah, no, I can play. But I mean, what, what kind of a, like you dodge the question though, man? Oh, uh, like when I, you get I, up, uh, you're like, all right, I'm going to drive these two guys in with a line drive just to the left of the pitcher, where you're like, oh, yes, go, in fact, I'm going for the what well, it's gotten no to the, in Central Park, right? Here, and we're going to run out of time. But growing up, ah, come on, it, we got in my backyard, growing up in my backyard. You were if we hit the house with the tennis, like pitch. My older brother would pitch. If you hit the house with the tennis ball, like if you pull the ball, you're out because my dad was like, you break a freaking window. So we made it so that you could only hit the ball up the middle. If you hit the ball to right field, then you the ball would go away and we would lose the ball. So the only place that you could really hit the ball successfully was right up the middle. And you could hit it like deep. So I grew up hitting the ball just, you know, staying center, stay center field. So I end up, you know, these guys are now getting to the point where they're starting to squeeze the center. And they're like, he's just going up the middle every time. So that's my, uh, that's my way. When you uh, hurt your shoulder and got into acting, were you, did you like go to be like a theater minor or anything? Did you change? No, no, no. I was already a college? theater major. I went to Skidmore College. Oh, all right. It was the only place that I could play baseball and do theater because other the other baseball programs are like, no, if you're playing baseball with us, you got to play baseball. And the coach was a new coach, and he was like, look, I just want you, I want you on the team. Like whatever you need to do, like we'll work around it. And so I did, but it, you know, I then I tore a rotator cuff. And I was like, yeah, that's it. And my older brother's still mad because he still thinks I could have, which is absurd. I don't think I could have played, you know, in the, uh, I don't know. I, I, I was pretty good. I was fine. I, was, I knew. Steve R., do you imagine Ian, young Ian is like Oz from uh, American Pie? Who <laughs> leaves, leaves a baseball game in the fifth inning to go, <laughs> to go be in the play? Is that how it worked? <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. But like if I had rehearsal and there was practice at the same time, like they would, because I, it, whatever, I'm sure nobody gives a frick. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my, but that's my, to get back to it, that's my Marcus Tim story. All right, fine. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot, I forgot that's where we started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I don't know, DVR, are we good at time? Is it all right? Yeah. We can get one more in. You want to get a question in? Yeah, go ahead. I feel like we owe it to the people. You should read this one. Really? Uh, let me right, read let's it. See. Let you me read it. it. Let me read it, because I'm going to take a shot at the guy who, who wrote it. Uh, Russell well, no, Withers. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should. No, I'm going like, to. Let me read this so I can mock the guy. No, let me do it. All so, right, gentlemen, 
my uh, sniffle, hashtag sniffle. My question relates to dynasties. I'm curious to know what your ideal dynasty league setup looks like in terms of the details. You don't usually talk about how many teams, how deep are the rosters, how many minor league slots, what kind of scoring, what service, CBS fan tracks. Use some of the leagues you talk about often as examples. That's quite, uh, you know, like this is what you need to do. Um, thanks. Big fan of the show, even if it's only my second favorite athletic fantasy baseball podcast, which I guess is charming. And then this, <laughs> I like that. And then I didn't even this, read the second half. <laughs> oh, this is not good. In fact, I've been a fan of Nando since his days at CBS. Didn't care for him for the longest time. Screw you. Well, it's a lot of people were like that. <laughs> Whatever. Russell can go eat it. But one day I was listening to the pod while driving home and Nando, see, and then I like this part. Nando cracks some joke to Adam Azer about trying to inflate a basketball using nothing but your mouth. I laughed so hard I had to pull over. P.S. I was lucky enough to end up in a draft champs league with DVR looking forward to mopping the floor with them that I know I got yeah, I got issues with I Russell Withers guy, nah this Russell. is not this is not for me well it's a dynasty question you should love oh no, it's fine come on this is honest this is cool like I <laughs> I appreciate the fact that he owned up to not liking Nando at first when he first no. heard him but he likes him now oh good folk now we can all sleep better because Russell Withers likes Nando now <laughs> go 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 duck yourself. I don't really mean that, actually, Russell. I've I've actually been I've been angry at certain people today on the Astros. Certainly, uh, this is not this is not near that level of of. I, I'm I'm kidding along with you. Is this Guardians of the Republic anger spilling over into our show? Oh, it was not a debate quite. last night. I don't know. Could no, 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 no. Why no. else would you be mad at noon? <laughs> because the Astros. Because the, everyone was waiting for my rant, and here it is. Okay, but here, I can answer what I, I think is a very good question. And thank you for writing, Russell. Thank you for listening. I, I gave you a little crap back, but it's all right. You gave crap to my partners. Um, and please do write us, because we do obviously read them, and we will answer your questions. My question relates to the dynasty. So how many teams? 15 teams for me. How deep are the rosters? I like a 30-man roster with a six-injured reserve list, and I like a 20-man minor leagues I don't like 10. It's too tight. I want 20. Um, what, what kind of scoring? What are the rules for minor league slots? 20. And what I like, which is kind of punky, if you ask me, um, I like 100 innings pitched and 350 at-bats. I just like that flexibility a lot. Um, I respect when people say, no, it's 50 innings pitched or 130 at-bats. I respect that. I just don't enjoy it as much. Like, I like to draw these guys out. You know, Are you saying like, oh. they have to be under that to be eligible to be, yes. to be drafted under that? And then when they pass that uh, threshold, they have to be moved? When they pass that threshold, they have to be moved up. Yeah, they'll have to be right. moved up. So that that's my preference. Kind of scoring in a dynasty league, something like this, I would say Roto. What service? I, you know, it's just tough to say, but uh, I'll, I'll leave that to you guys. What, what service do you think it is? Which I like CBS because I like I played I worked for CBS and played on CBS forever so I'm comfortable, but that's a, that's a biased answer because that's like if I worked at Yahoo and played on Yahoo, maybe my answer would be Yahoo. I don't no, know. No, no chance. All right. Well, then I love the CBS platform. I'm at 20 teams. I like 40 man rosters where 10 of those spots are minor leaguers. So the typical like 23 and seven plus 10, five by five, roto scoring. I do like CBS's interface a little better than Fantrax, but Fantrax has a lot of positives. Uh, the customer yes, service does. is really good. The customizations are good. So if you're doing anything that's different, Fantrax is probably the better option of the two. Um, I just think for me, it's just convenience right now with CBS. I have other leagues that run on that platform. So keeping it all in one app or keeping most of them in one app certainly helps. So Yeah, but here, one thing, and before we wrap Fantrax, you they have all the players. You don't have to make unlisted picks. And, and CBS, you really do. And I'm commissioner of a league right now. And like every fifth pick, I got to go in and like type the player in. On fan tracks, they're all there. I had a good commissioner scenario for you. We could save it for the next show. All right, man. I know, Ian, you got to run, man. You got things. Yeah, okay. 
I do. I, unfortunately, I got I got I got stuff. But Guardians of the Republic, we're going to be doing it today at three o'clock because we're going to in, in regards to the debate. That'll be interesting. Check that out after you subscribe to this one, and after you get your athletic subscription with forty percent off for the entire athletic at just thirty six dollars. You know, if you're going to buy a draft kit, we got the draft kit, and then I guess if you're smart. Get it now, and then you get next year's draft kit, too, and fantasy football draft kit and whatever. And then, like, anyway, that's our pitch for The Athletic and our pitch for Guardians of the Republic. Check that out on iTunes as well. Give Ian some love for Ian Kahn, the man who only hits singles in rec league softball. That's not rec league. (laughs) (laughs) For Derek Van Riper, who for some reason doesn't like when we say poop on the show. Oh, it was going to get so much worse. (laughs) Opposite field power for me. (laughs) I'm not an Afino. Thank you very much. Keep the questions coming in. Podcasts at theathletic.com. We'll see you next week.